Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Connecting to the big show. In three, two, one. In school, it's just not encouraged. We're crying out for young people to do apprenticeships. What you need to do is be on my side. But every time that it happens, we have to talk about how the good men feel. They sent me on for psychiatric assessment and they said that the thing that's going to fix it is housing. We're the one for Cork and ready to talk. Can we just talk? Call 0818 96 96 96. Extra WhatsApp 083 396 96 96. Email opinion at 96fm.ie. The lines are live. Let's kickstart the conversation. This is the Opinion Line with PJ Coogan. On Cork's 96FM. Oh, you know what? I had the maddest of dreams last night. I don't know whether it's the seasons changing because you can feel them and you can see them. This is the first morning I drove in from home to 96FM in the dark. First morning so far this year in the dark. Maybe it's to do with the cloudy, dirty, manky weather. I'm still clinging to my shorts in the hope of a few more days of sunshine. But the weather and the year, it is a changing and my dreams are a changing with it. It's a good job we actually have a, a dream analyst on the show tomorrow. You know, we catch up with them every so often. Uh, if you've got weird dreams, like if your weird dreams are weirder at this time of the year, maybe there's a reason. Maybe in the change of the seasons and all that, there's a reason our dreams go a bit mad. Tell you more about that in a while, but we do. We've got uh, a dream analyst on the show tomorrow. Uh, if you're interested and you want to know what your crazy dream might mean, opinion at 96fm.ie. Also, yesterday, we didn't get a response to this yet. There must be somebody out there who knows how to fix a solar panel. Again, looking out this morning now at that, you'd wonder what good are my solar panels for the next six months. But if you know anybody who fixes, services, repairs solar panels, uh, let me know, because there was a caller on the phone yesterday wanting some work done on theirs. 0818 96 96 96. Morning. Uh, text to WhatsApp is 083 396 96 96. The email's opinion at 96fm.ie. There's that story this morning from the Magazine Road Residence Association. Uh, it says one in three... One in three, this is a huge number, of privately rented properties in the area around UCC are not registered with the Residential 
Tenancies Board. This was a sample check uh, by the residents. Uh, they've been tracking it now since around 2017. Catherine Clancy from the Resident Association. Catherine, you've indicated because you've been saying this to me and to others for a very long time. An awful lot of unregistered properties, which leads to problems on all sides. Morning again. Good morning, PJ. Nice to talk to you again. Yeah. Yes, PJ, I suppose as a Residents Association, we've been tracking this since 2017. And while in our own area in 2017, three out of four properties weren't registered. We're now at the stage where one in three properties are not registered. But I think, you know, if you were to do a survey around the country, you would probably find, you know, that more than one in three properties are not registered in any sample taken across the country. You know, so it's a a statutory requirement since 2014 that all landlords must register their properties. If a property isn't registered, from the point of view of the the tenant and from the point of view of rules and regulations, what are the implications? Well, what it means really, if you're a tenant and you want to make a complaint, it slows down the whole process of you making a complaint. Also, for us as third parties, and we're a third party, that the RTB have a core responsibility to, as well as they do to tenants and to landlords. But yet they haven't uh, supported us by, um, you know, if we make a complaint or if we, if, we, if we notify the RTB, which we have been since 2017, about a number of properties, there seems to be no enforcement or no appetite to deal with enforcement by the RTB. And also if you're a tenant, it slows down your um you know, getting entitlements that you should be as a tenant, you know, dealing with the case Mm. through the RTB. You and I have talked many times over the years about antisocial behaviour at particular times of the year, but sometimes on an ongoing basis, Catherine. And if a property isn't registered, you can kind of do nothing about parties there, right or wrong? Well, well, I suppose, you know, we, we've just come through what we call sophomore week now or freshers week. And I would have to say it has been a very good week for oh, the good. residents of the area oh, because we've done huge work with on Garda Siakana and our community guards, UCC very much on board as well and the Students' Union. So I think, you know, we're back to pre-COVID times. And if we have an issue, our community guards have been excellent at responding. Also, if we have a problem with the house, the um, UCC, like, you know, do deal with um, students who are causing antisocial behaviour and have a complaint system in place. But the big um, elephant in the room is the landlords, particular landlords who take no responsibility. All they do check is their bank accounts. And in this day and age, their bank accounts are very, very healthy. They're not the only ones, Catherine. There have been some high-profile cases in yes. the last few few weeks. It, 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 clearly, if, if people like junior ministers in government can get away with it, it, it's not being taken seriously by the authorities who is and who isn't registering. Absolutely. They're not taking it seriously. Like the RTB is, a, is the body where their core function is to, you know, to look after the regulations that are in place since 2014. That's one of their core functions. And their core function as well, I suppose, you know, is to, um, the core function is to provide, to provide definitive data to the government as well on the situation of rental properties right across the country. Yeah. Their definitive data is not correct yeah. if the figures that they are showing are at least half of the, if half the property is not registered. The definitive data that this government is doing policy into the future on housing um, you know, the definitive data and how many registered properties, how many rented properties out there. It is our ex- experience that there is no body that can actually tell you how many rented properties there are out there. 
whilst there is a body completely funded by the state to, uh, you know, to look after the registration of properties. And they're not, uh, as far as we can see, doing that job. So so the RGB isn't able to accurately report the numbers of, of premises under its reading. No, all they're reporting is all they're reporting is what? registered properties. Yeah. And so, if you hear um if you hear any, any other bodies like DAF.ie or the CSO, the people that they refer to for the amount of rented properties in the country, they refer back to the uh, PRTP figures. But the PRTP figures are only registered properties, yeah. not rented properties. Yeah. So there is no body out there that can actually tell us how many rented properties there are out there. So how can you move forward as a country or as a government in a housing policy when you don't have the proper data? It's a fair point. Catherine, I just want to come back to something you said a minute or two ago, and you and I have talked on, on many a morning when things were bad and noisy and mm-hmm. troubled up there. You're telling me there's an improvement. Yes, very much an improvement uh, for sophomore week. And we put, we put that down to a number of um, factors, really. I suppose, you know, we've gone through COVID and young people, in fairness, have other choices. You know, they can go downtown, they can, you know, socialise at different areas, like we're in the before they were in the houses. But also we have built up a very, very strong relationship with UCC and also now with MUT or MTU. And, um, you know, where if there is an issue with a house, we can refer back to them and they will uh, engage with the students. Also, the students' union this year have been hugely supportive. They've done a big postering campaign around the area about watch out for your mates, you know, and uh, things like that. Yeah. But um, And the, the residents, we work very closely now. Our community guards are fantastic. So we have an, a note, a zero tolerance when it comes to house parties now. So we don't wait for them to escalate. If there is an issue with a house party, we ring our community guards, we make a complaint to UCC, and that prompt action on our behalf and the prompt response by the um, UCC and the, the community guards is making a real difference. Excellent. Catherine, thank you for that. Catherine Clancy, uh, the chair of the Magazine Road and College Road Residents Association. But hundreds and hundreds and she makes a point that it's not just the College Road area up and down the country there have got to be hundreds of unregistered properties and if there's a unregistered property and you happen to be a tenant of it and you run into a problem with your landlord you've little or no comeback and if you're a resident of a prop or a resident of an area and there's a property and there's troublesome people in that property there's absolutely damn all you can do about it if it's not registered Thank you, Catherine. 0818 96 96 96. Must mention this. Forgot it yesterday. My apologies to everyone from Sarsfields. Finbar O'Brien and Jonathan of Sars Minor Hurling Team. Wanted to say congrats to the lads on winning the double, the minor and the championship. Congratulations. I forgot it yesterday. I'm sorry. Slap wristy. 0818 96 96 96. Get ready for the ultimate superstar experience. Ladies and gentlemen. Listen this Monday at 8.15am for all the details. Cork's 96FM. Did a quick scan this morning around the pharmacies of Cork to see what are the late night provisions. We used to have one. Feelings used to be open until midnight out there near, near South Dock. There by the Magic Roundabout. They close now at 10 and I was looking around at other pharmacies. There's one on Douglas Road there, Alcare, they close at 10. There's one in Wilton, they close at 10. 
I don't think there are any really late night, midnight type pharmacies in the city anymore. And certainly around the county, they're starting to close on weekends. They're starting to close early because there's an enormous shortage of pharmacists for pharmacies. Because Dermot Toomey, I didn't know this until I read it recently, President of the Irish Pharmacy Union, you cannot actually open a pharmacy premises unless there is a qualified pharmacist on the premises for that shift. Morning. Hi, good morning, TVJ. Thank you for having me on. Yeah, no, that's 100% correct. I so, didn't know uh, that, Dermot. In order to operate, uh, yeah, in order to operate a community pharmacy, you need to have a registered pharmacist on the premises. Um, look, I suppose that's about providing advice, service, ensure that there's professional standards. Obviously, as well as a pharmacist, we would have a team of people. We would have uh, very well-qualified technicians, over-the-counter assistants, dispensing staff, admin staff, and, and they're excellent as well. And we all rely very heavily on them. However, the law is very clear that there needs to be a pharmacist on the premises in order to provide the service. And, and you've been speaking to politicians recently about community pharmacy and you're saying they need to be better resourced yeah there's, I mean there's a few things at, at play here um, certainly we're experiencing a, a shortage of pharmacists who want to work in community you know, part of the issue is the regulatory regime there's a huge amount of paperwork and bureaucracy associated with the job and that's hindering our ability to provide I suppose professional services uh, for the patients at the coalface but also we've noticed that um, to a recent survey that we did that over half the, the pharmacists that are qualified in Ireland have qualified outside of our jurisdiction the majority haven't come from the UK and since Brexit uh, and since fees have been introduced in UK universities that has very much dried up so what we're finding is that we're not training enough pharmacists in Ireland um, those that we have we have an issue in retaining them as well um, because particularly some pharmacists decide that that community pharmacy isn't for them so you know they want to retrain or study or go into other other areas of industry that's fine but ultimately what it does is it means there's going to be a shortage for those who, who are at the coalface uh, serving the patients and providing the services so you know what you alluded to there earlier um in terms of you know the community so the community pharmacy in the city reducing their hours you know that's been mirrored across the country you know a colleague of mine has closed oh, that, that line field. isn't the greatest we want to see can we clean it up uh, when we do that, Fiona, just see if we clean up that line because it's getting getting messy on us. Just, I'm talking to Dermot Toomey, president of the Irish Pharmacy Union. He's based in Cloyne uh, at the Cloyne Pharmacy, and I was about to ask him about the pharmacies in in local areas because I was away at the weekend in, in down west, and knowing that we'd be talking about this during the week, I was looking around me for the nearest pharmacy where I was, and it was like ten miles away. Yeah, like what, what I suppose what's interesting, PJ, is that you know we have a very good geographic distribution in the country in that half the population live within one kilometre of a pharmacy and 85% live within five kilometres. Now you're right, there would be aspects in, in, in West Cork and other areas where the distance would be a bit further but I mean we are one part of the healthcare system that works well um, you know we've been voted recently um, there was an Ipsos MRBI veracity index, we're voted the most trusted profession um, you know we're available to do things like vaccines and, and other services so I, I, I suppose what we were saying yesterday we met a number of politicians um, in around the doll and I suppose some of the points we were making is look um, we can be part of the solution to healthcare we're available and willing to do stuff however we need to be properly resourced and as I was saying earlier in, in terms of resourcing we're talking about having sufficient number of pharmacists available to work in the pharmacy 
but also been, been paid um, a fair fee for providing the services. So I suppose in terms of the resourcing, what I would say is, you know, in order to provide good vaccine services or additional services, you would need sometimes two or three pharmacists to, to run the, the shop or to, to be there in order to provide those services. And that's what we're looking for. Yeah. And also, when you have to get in the locum, let's say, for example, Dermot, you yourself are, are sick or on holidays or away in the doll talking to politicians. Am I hearing this right? A hundred euro an hour for locums? Yeah, unfortunately, that's they're the rates that are quoted out there. Um, look, it, 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 it's quite unsustainable. And I suppose, you know, feeding into that, um, what we've seen over a number of years is if we, we've had fee decreases uh, for the work that we do. So to give you an example, our average fee per item in 2009 was six euros on the state schemes. Our average fee per item in 2022 is 474. So this would so be if I come in to you with a medical card? And you give me yeah, correct, correct, a, 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 a range of medicines. You used correct. to get six euro per item. So if I had four items in the bag, cost me nothing, but cost you, or you made money from that, that money's gone down. Correct, correct, correct. correct. And unfortunately, as you know, what's happening now is everything else is going the other way in terms of, of, of I suppose, wages and other overheads, insurance heat, light, all of that. So um, I suppose what we're saying really is, you know, I'm not here trying to put on, um, you know, um, a bail buck or whatever. What I'm saying is we are a, a part of the healthcare system that can work and is working. But if we're properly resourced, there's so much more we can do. We know there's issues with, with, with GPs and rural GPs as well, attracting them to the sector. Um, you know, we think collectively there needs to be work done to underpin the healthcare system and certainly pharmacy is, is one area that works very very well but it needs to be resourced properly um, you know many of my colleagues are working six seven days a week yeah. you know they're burning out and that's why you know young pharmacists are often leaving the sector so there's a, there's a body work that needs to be done yeah. you know we got a, we got a great hearing yesterday from the politicians but really what we'd like to see is, is, is action now you know mm. well the chief pharmaceutical officer this is another thing I didn't know the office of chief pharmaceutical officer at the Department of Health has been vacant for eight years? Yeah, um, that, that, that's correct. Um, you know, that position was there and hasn't been filled for a number of years. And look, we'll see, it, it's all about vision. If there's vision there, then pharmacy and other healthcare can provide the services and we can look forward on a five and a ten year strategy. Unfortunately, there isn't a chief pharmaceutical officer. So what we're doing as an organisation, the IPU, is we're, we're linking with our officials in the department. However, strategically, it would be very good if there was someone there uh, who was looking and underpinning um, a strategy for, for a number of years. And like a recent example of that, PJ, uh, which is very welcome, but just to give you an example, is the recent con- contraception proposal where um, girls from 17 to 25 can now get uh, contraception free of charge which mm. as an organisation we very much welcome. However the lack of vision and uh, I suppose ambition in that programme was that in many other countries contraception is available over the counter from your pharmacy but that wasn't even thought of because there was no one inside looking at the vision uh, for that. So while we welcome the improvement that it is free of charge, we do see that there's still an accessibility uh, an access issue because people still have to get a prescription from the doctor. And we think, look, it, it, there should be about choice. It should be like vaccination. People should, of course, be able to go to the doctor and no issue there. However, if they're unable to get a doctor and the doctor isn't available, the availability of over-the-counter of certain medicines, which is the case in other countries, should be available through pharmacy. Okay. Dermot, thank you very much. Dermot Toomey, President of the Irish Pharmacy Union. Uh, pharmacies struggling to stay open in county areas. Germans in Cloyne.
Like you said, if he needs a day off or a couple of days off or wants to go for a holiday or if he gets sick or wants to go to the Dáil to speak to politicians, it's a hundred quid an hour for the qualified pharmacist who has to stand in. Because there's something I didn't know. Every day is a school day. You can't open a pharmacy without a pharmacist on the premises. I, I didn't know that. 0818 96 96 96 on traffic and travel and it's dull and wet and dreary out there this morning first of many of the mornings like this could you please drive with dipped headlights there are people have their headlights on full beams it's like something out of a science fiction movie please dip the headlights put on your headlights obviously so you can be seen but please dip them I'm probably thinking about older cars here because if you drive a modern enough car you have these DRLs these daytime running lights kind of always on lights it's not so much those I'm thinking of it's the older cars where you have to turn on the actual headlights please dip them and keep them dipped in weather like this thanks 0818 96 96 96 couple of things about landlords I'll get to that and on solar panels we asked again at the top of the program because we had a call yesterday from someone who's wondering where you get a solar panel repaired or serviced, or anything like that. And we're still waiting on a definitive answer to that. But D says, I think, normally she says, if they're broken, you can't do a whole lot with them. You have to actually replace them. That doesn't look good. Someone on the phone who may be able to help our caller... Uh, who was asking about solar panels so we're going to put them in contact off the air we'll take it a bit further on air in the days to come what you actually can do about servicing or repairing solar panels and if anybody else can help with this we'd like to do something on it in, in the days to come because when you think about it sensibly we're all being encouraged to put solar panels on the roofs of our houses It's it's one of these ways to be sustainable and green and all carbon neutral and all this hell stuff but what if you can't repair them or what if they're very expensive to repair and we're not being told that because uh, you spend a lot of money putting them up there quite an amount of cash involved in installing the things particularly if you're going to attach a battery to them but what if they go wrong so we're going to find out more about that in the days to come but right now someone's contacted us off the air and we'll put them in touch with the person who wanted help and all that but we'll follow up on this one on the opinion line Uh, Premier League Live takes a break this weekend and returns Saturday October the 1st uh, powered by Talk Sport Trevor Welsh back then with all the action from the Premier League Live games big match interviews much more the Premier League Live online returning Saturday August the 1st October the 1st Saturday, October the 1st, with Harvey Norman, your home on the big screen. Listen on the Cork's 96FM app or go to 96FM.ie. This strike uh, among certain healthcare workers uh, continues tomorrow. Um, We talked about this. This is the, the Section 39 workers. They're employed in a different way. That's the best way to explain. They're they're doing the same job, but they're employed in a different way to the colleague right next to them. And they get paid less than the colleague right next to them for doing the same job because of the way in which they're employed. And there's a strike on at the moment. It started yesterday. 
and it runs to today and tomorrow up and down the country. It involved the Irish Wheelchair Association and St. Joseph's in Charleville and the employability people are all going on strike as well. If Enable Ireland are affected on Friday, they said they've been forced onto the picket lines because of government failure to engage with them on their request for their first pay rise in 14 years. 14 years. I, don't, I know times were tough, but dear God. 14 years since they had a pay rise. And it's literally a case of I'm employed under Section A, you're employed under Section 39, say. We do the same job in the same place at the same time for the same people. But I'm you're paid less than me because you're Section 39. I think I'd rear up a bit too if that was me. 0818 96 96 96. You guys ready? Watch out, watch out. Drive home weekdays from four on Corks ninety six FM. Whether you're leaving work, school, or college, make sure you're with me every evening on the big drive home. I've got celebrity chats. Every summer I'd be going to the bog. I can confirm a tea break at the bog is the best. I've got all things Cork, and I mean all things. Speaking of tattoo fails, or you have the crests that the Cork County Council vans have on my shoulders. And I've got the music that you want to hear. Tunes pump it, no better feeling. So all we need is you. Join me, Lorraine. Every weekday from four. The big drive home on Cork's 96 FM. Mentioned earlier in the week the videos that were going around of a group. I don't know who they were. I, I care even less, but outside Leinster House, a group who rounded on a number of TDs last week. Uh, Paul Morphy being one, Breed Smith being another. And it was very aggressive and very nasty. And I imagine for the individuals involved. I've interviewed them both on occasions and yes, they're well able to fight their corner verbally. But I imagine for both of them it was intimidating and frightening. And they wouldn't be the first people to have to deal with this nonsense. Simon Harris, when his wife had just had a baby, they had protesters outside their house on a couple of Sundays. Um, And particularly when he was gone out, they gathered outside the house and... Stephen Donnelly has had to deal with it. And they wouldn't be the only ones. And I made the point that that's out of order. You don't have a right to intimidate anybody in the street. And John, you disagree with me and you wanted to discuss it. Morning. Yeah, hi PJ, how you doing? Um, you referenced this on, I think, just Tuesday morning. And uh, the incidents you referred to with Reed Smith and uh, Paul Murphy. No, Paul Murphy has made... Um, Allegations about being uh, physically attacked. No, I don't know. Has he reported that uh, alleged incident to the Gardaí or not? No, if he was physically assaulted, I would totally condemn it. The same as I would totally condemn any politician being physically assaulted, whether it be Michael Martin, Varadkar, people from the left, whatever. Um, I would be totally opposed to anything of that form. Right? No, what I will endorse is the fact that I think. The whole landscape, PJ, has changed as against politics in this country, right? People are feeling betrayed. They've been feeling disenfranchised. They've been feeling left down. Your programme is littered with people coming on here 
I mean, they can't get access to their children with different types of disabilities. Mm. They had to cross the Taoiseach outside the City Hall recently, as if those people, Tisha, hadn't enough gun on in their lives. Like some people have, uh, would have two children with mm-hmm. different types of disabilities in the one household. And, I mean, they had to organise and bury it, Michal Martin, outside of the City Hall. Right? As, again, repeating, as if they hadn't enough gun on in their lives. Mm-hmm. So... They're, they're, things have changed that people are not going to accept it anymore mm. they're not going to be fobbed off they're not going to be looking at their children waiting for whether it's scoliosis or whether it's uh, autism or whether it's um, uh, trying to access cams or whatever and look did you, uh, did you see the videos particularly involving uh, Paul Murphy or Breed Smith? I did but you see the problem is Hold I, on I, a I, now, John. let's take the one involving Paul Murphy okay mm-hmm. when he was backed up into a door of, of Buswell's hotel and there was a line of people in front of him. Mm-hmm. Now, at what point yeah. Yeah, well, that, at that what is... point does it become a protest? Go from being a protest to an assault or intimidation? Because intimidation is as bad as assault. If a, per- a person feels they're in danger of being assaulted, that's intimidation. Well, I don't believe in backing people into corners and up against walls and stuff like that. But if they if they did stand back and if they have a problem with Paul Murphy, right? Because you see, a lot of people have problem with people in the left period for the simple reason, like if you uh, they're on they're, they're, like a bit and Paul Murphy's on about the rise of the far right in Ireland, like, left or right, John. I don't think it matters here. Yeah, I don't think it matters here to, to push anybody into a corner. No, no, but the, pro- the, the problem is, you see, you no, know, like if if you have. Uh, we say views now on keeping religion in schools, what's the sex, the, the, the sex education taught to, to children in schools, whether uh, you're pro-life or whether you have views on the amount of people coming to the country should be capped. Uh, according to the Prime Office, this world of Smith, uh, you're then part of the far right. No, no, no. You see, John, you're not addressing the question I'm, I'm, I'm saying. I don't care whether it's Paul Murphy, Leo Varadkar, anybody. You don't have the right to force someone into a corner and intimidate them. Yeah, well, I just addressed that. I said I don't believe in forcing people to corner, but I do believe that people have a sovereign people of the state, right, the country, have a right to be real politicians without being physically aggressive, mm-hmm. right? They have, I don't want to see a situation like David So, so would you condemn what you saw in those videos? I, I condemn the way if they, uh, like that, they push people into corners, not against walls and stuff like that. But if you start. the fact that Breed Smith had to ask a guard, because uh, this was my interpretation of the video, I watched it twice. Uh, Breed Smith had to ask a guard to step between her and those who were following her. Well, well if, if she felt in t- that intimidated, like that was her way to do that. But this is the same woman. Should, hang on. Same- Should she have been put in that position, John? But if the fact is, like, if she, if she felt that she was in that position... No, 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 she did feel, there's no way about it. Yeah, but as I'm saying, but I mean, she didn't approach the Gerdy because she felt threatened, but she had the right, like any citizen would, like, oh, yeah, I've had to do that when I was a campaign in the street, right, to call the Gerdy, but it was really going to hit me. I recall it well, I do recall that very well, John, and that you yeah, shouldn't yeah, have been put yeah. in that position, but what I'm no. getting at is to have, like, when does, and you, you know, you, you're a man who's protested on many things, we've agreed yeah, on yeah. some, we've disagreed on others, that's, mm-hmm. that's democracy. Yeah. But yeah. I don't think you'd ever get up into someone's face to the point where they have to ask a guy to step in. No, no. I mean, I've, I've had it all face-to-face with Michal Martin. I've had it all with Leo Varadkar. I've had it all with several politicians of the left as well. And it's got hot and heavy. But I've always been standing back, like, and, and, and like, I've let fly, like, I've told him exactly, 
that I believe they're wrong and what they are doing, right? Mm-hmm. No, the only problem is is the the term kittle and pot come to mind as regards Reed Smith and Paul Murphy because they imprisoned, which person I know time for at the time, because they're on top of all the other cuts they done labour, uh, they tried to impose water. You're going to talk about um, John Gordon and, 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 in yeah. Jobstown. Yeah, and Paul Murphy, it's still up there, he's shouting into a megaphone, will we let her go? So therefore, when you... He was involved in that, he, he was, he was there with a the megaphone, right, I, yeah, again, yeah. those videos are there for anybody yeah. else to see. But it's, when, you, when you're shouting to us, was PJ, into a megaphone, will we let her go? That means that the person is imprisoned against their will. And, and shouldn't have happened. And shouldn't, should not have no, happened. No, no, but that's insane. But they're the very first people, mm. then, if they're berated, then they forget about Jobstone very condemned. They would yeah, not have but, but your, initial, your initial point when you answered me the other day was sauce for the goose is sauce for the gander. I mean, come on, that, that's, that's kind well, of... Well, you see, if you're, if you're going to imprison somebody against their will, and then you, you get impeded in some farm yourself... Like, uh, sorry, it's not like, right for either. It's not right for either. It's not, but I mean, like, don't 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 be kind of crying wolf then. Like, I mean, yeah. if you work out to something where you're imprisoned, the person well, well, what about what what about the Simon Harris incident, John, where his wife had just had a baby and and they were at home and Simon was out. Well, you see, the problem with the Simon Harris, like, I mean, he was absolutely. I mean, the man was apoplectic. I mean, I don't know what you just described. He was like demonic as the girls, the whole abortion thing. That and don't, John, again, you're, you're bringing in issues. Issues have nothing to do with this. The man's wife and child were at home. But, but that's the reason people came outside Stephen Dundee's home as well. But, that's the reason I protested outside Mihal Martin's well, home. And why would you stand outside somebody's home, John? Why somebody's home? Well, for the simple reason, you see, look, you made a point one time there. You said if someone came outside your house, you wouldn't be responsible to what you do, right? Remember that? I do. I, if you, yeah, if yeah. I, listen, people, people are entitled to protest outside ninety six FM if they don't like what yeah, I'm saying, yeah, yeah, and you yeah. know what I'm getting at. But, but, but they don't have a right to go to my home. No, I think it applies to anybody else. There, there, you don't there, have a right to go to your home. There, there, and, and I'll be, and I'll tell you something straight. Or maybe you weren't aware of it. Right? But there was people actually at one stage going to go outside your house, and they stopped us. You have to take my word on that. No, the reason I don't believe in going outside radio presenters' homes, right? For the simple reason, you are not a legislator. No matter what you do, you cannot infect my life in any way. But the legislators can, and this is why people are not. His no family can't. No, no, but this is why people, the whole... Uh, but answer the question, John. Michal Martin, Simon Harris, Stephen Donnelly, you name it. Yes, their actions at work can affect your life. I yep, give you that exactly. all day yep, long. Yep, yep. Their families' actions cannot. Well, you see, the decisions they are taking are affecting families and households great room. No, their family members did not take those decisions, John. No, no, no. If you're going to mess with, with, with all the other families in the state, like you I mean, don't be surprised if someone turns up outside your door. Oh, that's, that's, very, that's very dangerous, John. No, it's not. It's just a way. But uh, look, that's, that's effectively saying to a politician, if your decisions affect my family, watch out for your own. But it, what it does say, it, how, how things have changed, that people are now prepared to do that, PJ. And you must ask yourself, this is the question that must be asked. Why are people now resorting to going to see politicians' homes, berating them going, going into the doll or on the street, like Michal Martin has been berated in town when he doesn't walk about side? What has changed? People well, people were always entitled to be angry and I covered many a protest in my time and I covered many a dignified yeah, protest yeah. in my time. I think it becomes undignified if a person is getting intimidated. Stay there, John. Mick! Mick, what did you want to say? He's on five, so, sorry. Mick, yeah, go ahead. Right, what I'd like to say, Peter, is that, look, the politicians 
they're only provisional politicians, and they fade. They fade the sovereign Irish people. No, PJ, if you weren't in a job, if you weren't doing your job tomorrow, PJ, what would happen? I get sacked. And so over twelve, and anyone else? But no one. No, come, no one will come to my house and try and intimidate my family. No, but see the level that they are pushing on the people. The austerity they are pushing on the people. People are at breaking point, PJ. They are. I mean, how more can they take? I'm not disagreeing with Mick or, or, John, or you, John, on that regard, but I believe a person's yeah. house and family are out of bounds at all times. But the point, well, I believe the house is wrong, PJ. What I'd like to do is look, put my nose to stand down. Because mm. look, PJ, I put out a note to all the different nationalities that's listening here this morning, right? Mm. If this was happening in their country, what would they do? Would they put up with it? I mean, if you ask me, there's not a genocide going on here, PJ, attempted genocide. I, I don't know what you're talking about over that, Mick, but anyway, come back to line two. Q, uh, Toby, uh, Tony, Roger, what do you want to say? Hello, hello, hello. Uh, uh, I have been, there's, there's uh, been a campaign over the years there. It's called Bring It Home. And mm. as you're talking about you now, the, 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 the TD that... Um, there's a that you had a young baby, but those people are making decisions that affect your life and my life and everybody's life. And why aren't they held responsible for making those decisions? Absolutely, hold if them I, responsible, if, but not if, their wife and I, children. If I make a decision, I face up to you and say to you, "Look, I've made it." Mm-hmm. But these people haven't the guts to do it. But John, know? or Tony, rather, if I have a dispute with you, my friend, if I have a dispute with you about business okay. or politics or anything, my dispute is with you. It is not with your wife and children. But like, I, I, I wouldn't. I don't do things like that. Like I know you don't. I will speak. I will speak to the person. But if it comes to a last resort, it is necessary. It's a dangerous talk, lads. No, I don't, I'm, I'm, John, John, again, I mean, like, someone what, makes what, a decision, their wife and children are not part of that decision-making right. process. You have, you have certain policies in Mormon Olands, a few of them, like, I mean, the Helen McEntee, no, they're right. I mean, she's visiting, uh, I mean, Shelley Archer there today. Yes. This is the same woman who was for justice. Now, where there's only one Scott car um, controlling that whole area there, and they're shelling with another jurisdiction. Her decisions so then, and, her decisions are open to question, absolutely. No, but, but, you could say that again. You have Anne Rabbit, who was supposed to be the, the Minister for Disabilities. Yes. Absolute disgrace, like, in absolutely. the way people have been treated. But I'm not sure, I'm not sure, John, that any, any of the people I've had, and I've had a lot of mothers on this show uh, crying about the situation in which they find them... I'm not too sure any of them would go up to Anne Rabbit's house what? and threaten herself or her, or her well, family. And the, re- the reason you see maybe that's not happening, PJ, is because... Oh, they've all gone. <laughs> they've all gone, all three of them. Three lines up and they're all gone. But I mean, listen, we had taken it to a good point uh, at that stage. So what do you think? The protests that we saw outside the Dáil last week... Uh, where it looked very much to me as if uh, Paul Murphy and Breed Smith were being backed into a corner and it was intimidating. The idea of going to someone's front door, is that ever justified if their wife and children are inside? Kevin, briefly, Kev, I know we've only got about a minute and a half to go. Kev. How are you doing, mate? You all right? All right, um, fella. Yeah, listen, the, um, I watched the videos and there's a line with this stuff. And 
while every contributor can feel anger, I've no love for this government or TDs in general with the way the country's been run over the last decade. But there's a line, and you don't cross it, because when it's crossed, you saw what happened in England in the last decade. With Joe two Cox. M- Joe Cox, and the, there was a Tory MP who was murdered as well. There's two MPs been murdered in the last 10 years by extremists who were gaslit into doing something by extremists, and all it takes is one, one nut. Everyone knows where TDs live. We live in a society that allows close contact to, um, to TDs and senators. I want to keep that. I don't want to have barriers put in place because some extremist does something stupid and goes too far. And that's all it takes is one. Got to be really careful. Kevin, I'll leave it there. Thank you. The lines are live. And we're ready to talk. Can we just talk? Call 0818 96 96 96. Text or WhatsApp 083 396 96 96. Email opinion at 96fm.ie. The Opinion Line with PJ Coogan. On Cork's 96FM. Yeah, it's worth remembering that other man's name. It was David Arnes was the Conservative Party TD stabbed to death during a clinic. And also, of course, Joe Cox was the first one that came to mind. She was stabbed and shot. She was a Labour Party TD, if I remember correctly, in the UK. So two members of party, the MP, two members of Parliament uh, in the UK have been stabbed, murdered, in the course of their duty in the last number of years. And that's the point that we were kind of teasing out with the lads before the news. And Kevin made that brief point heading into the news. Protest is protest. Legitimate protest is always valid. You can always do it. And John and others like him have taken part in hundreds of legitimate protests over the years. And I've covered many of them uh, in my reporting days. I'm talking about where the line is crossed. And if you want to develop that point at where the line is crossed, I felt the line is crossed when someone like Paul Murphy is backed into a corner. I felt the line is crossed when someone like Breed Smith has to have a guard step in between her and the people who are protesting. I feel the line is crossed when anybody feels physically intimidated. And if you go to anybody's front door when their family and children are there, you're absolutely crossing a line. That's me. It's my view. You're entitled to disagree with me. Uh, John says, I'm listening to this discussion. I have one comment. If you had empty pockets to the extent you needed to use a food bank, would you be such a fan of having politicians protected from coming face to face with the anger that generates? John, no. Politicians themselves can be subjected to anger to a point, not their families. Uh, Bernie says no one has the right to push anyone into a corner but if politicians did a better job they wouldn't be pushed into a corner I don't believe in them getting their state cars either why should they be protected more so than the ordinary people this is to do with Drew Harris the guy the commissioner announcing during the week that uh, all of the politicians in the cabinet were now to get state cars back a few better better cars than what's effectively a family saloon for the guards in Cherry Orchard might have been a good investment as well by by the Commissioner of Angarda Shiachana. I'm happy to come back to that and there's more stuff coming in. If you had strange... I, I mentioned at the top of the programme, you might have missed it. I'm, I'm having strange dreams again. I don't dream much. 
I don't, but when I do, they're they're vivid, and I always feel kind of I'm actually half awake when I'm dreaming. I actually kind of think, and I find myself in that confusing space. I don't know when I'm dreaming, or I don't know if this is actually happening. And I had that last night, kind of a very very strange dream when I was in my own house, but something wasn't right. It's just funny that I did because tomorrow morning on the opinion line we have a dream analyst. So if you've been having any strange dreams or recurring dreams or dreams that scare you even, we can put that to our analyst tomorrow. So pop us an email, opinion at 96fm.ie or fling us a text or WhatsApp with a number on it. We'll come back to you. And I'll be asking this dream analyst about my strange dream where I'm in my house, but things aren't where they should be. And I don't recognize the things that are in my own house, but I know I'm in my own house. And this idea that I feel like I'm awake I could have sworn I was awake. That's how real it was. We'll come back to that one tomorrow. 0818 96 96 96. This is a lovely story picked up off the Southern Star. Uh, two people got engaged at the Garth Books concert. Orla Wright from Ballancolig uh, got engaged to Paul, um, Paul Maloney, at the Garth Brooks gig. He proposed, got down on bended knee at the top of the Devon stand in front of 80,000 people. We had to talk to her. We absolutely had to talk to her. Orla, how long are yourself and Paul together? Um, eight years. Eight years, right. And and you had given him a few rules <laughs> about... A lot of rules. <laughs> ...about proposing. More like a do-not-do do list. When was he not supposed to propose? Not supposed to do Christmas, birthdays, holidays, um, anything with a lot of people, people in general, not when we've got drinking off, not when I'm eating my food, because that might interrupt my food and I like my food. Um, so he had a very, very long not-to-do list. So he was under severe pressure. <laughs> so hang on a second. So how did he get away with... 80,000 people. Yeah, so so we went off to the concert with my brother and his partner and we were in the hotel having a couple of drinks beforehand and now they, I don't drink very regularly, neither of the two of us do. So when you have a few drinks, it kind of takes more of an effect than if you're having it every weekend. Yeah. So there was the comment thrown in, all right, Orla, maybe you should slow down with your drinking. And I thought, okay, I'll just ignore that now. Because, you know, I don't get out very often and I deserve to have a couple of drinks. We've got no kids with us. We're away for the night, blah, blah, blah. So I ignore that comment. Mm. I don't like being told what to do. <laughs> do you know what? We're only talking for less than two minutes and I kind of get that. <laughs> really? <laughs> very bad first impression, I leave, isn't it? <laughs> Go on anyway. I know, in fairness, he was under a lot of the pressure because... He, when we initially spoke about this earlier in the year, you know, we kind of agreed, yeah, look, maybe it's time to move things on to the next stage, as you do eight years later. Um, so I, 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 he said, I don't know when I'm supposed to ask you if I have all these not-to-do lists. So I said, you should ask me when I'm in my happy place. So I said, where is my happy place, Paul? And we're both very much into horses. And he said, on a horse. And I said, well, there you go. Roll with it, you know. So anytime we went out on the horses, I was kind of expecting it. As the months were going on, I was losing all hope. He had actually asked me, so we went to the concert on the Friday night. He had asked me on the Thursday night, will we take the horses to the beach? 
and you know you've had a bad week at work and everything's just you're just tired in general and I thought ah, I couldn't be doing with this now like this week oh, I don't really you know too tired not taking the horses to the beach thinking that he had planned to propose to me at the beach with the horses <laughs> and would that have been okay if he did Oh, it would have been fab, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> so why not take the chance then? I was too tired, PJ. I was just too tired, yeah. Yeah, it was not on my to-do list that week. Okay. And I was starting to lose hope. I was starting to lose hope, do you know? Yeah. But I have to say, boy did very good, even though he missed the whole thing about the crowds and, you know, we'll ignore the 80,000 people. He did give me the shock of my life. Describe for me what happened, how it happened. So he went missing. We went to the concert and he said he was going to the toilet. Now, we were so far up in the, you know, the Davin stand in Co Park. I so, do. Yeah, we were right up the very top of it. So I said to my mother would have been proud of me because if I put my hand up, I would have been the closest to God I've ever been in my life. Mm-hmm. We were that far up the top. And I have vertigo as well. So when I got off there, I was feeling a bit sick. He went missing. He said he was going to the toilet. 45 minutes passed and there was no sign of him coming back. And I was ringing him, ringing him, ringing him. Where are you? Where are you? Hmm. Texting him. And the texts were getting, you know, a little bit uh, to the point, like, and not so very nice. And when he came back anyway and he had a drink in his hand, all was forgiven. He said that he had gotten lost. He didn't remember where we were seated, um, all this kind of malarkey. So I forgave him. I said, can I have your phone there? I need to delete some messages <laughs> before you look at your phone. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, we won't say what the last text message was to him. Oh, God. <laughs> but yeah, but uh, no, um, my friend had gotten married the month previous. Um, her first dance was If Tomorrow Never Comes. Right. She was on her honeymoon. Her husband is well into Garth Brooks. He was gutted because they were away for the Garth Brooks concert. And so I was recording that for them to send to them on their honeymoon. And um, next thing I looked and he was down on the knee. But now we had climbed so far up in Crow Park and he had also gotten a kick from a horse a few days previous. I thought that maybe, you know, when we stood up to record that he had actually fallen down. So I think everybody around us knew what mm-hmm. had actually happened, except for me. I was the last one to kind of cop it. But I was shocked. I did not expect this. You know, I didn't expect it there. <laughs> yeah, like, there's one of yeah. your rules broken, if not two of them. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> now, by the time we had walked from the hotel off to Crow Park, we, um, there was no drink left in the system anyway, do you know? So, like, we hadn't that much now. We drank Dublin Joy afterwards, but uh, <laughs> we had a great time. We made friends for life. I have girls from County Monaghan that were sitting next to me. They were still texting me. Um, I'd say a few of them now think that they're going to be my bridesmaids. We met a gang of girls walking up to Crow Park that were staying in the hotel, uh, same hotel as us. And um, they, we, we walked up with them. We came, we told them we'd meet them in the bar afterwards. And, of course, we told them we got engaged and just, like... Absolutely fantastic. We had the best night, totally unexpected. Now, there's ex- I was expecting it, but I was not expecting it at a Garrett Brooks concert. Yeah, that's you what know? I'm thinking. Like, you were, I'm, I'm still thinking about the beach the previous night, in that it would have been perfect for him to propose on the beach, but you didn't want to go to the beach because you couldn't be bothered just then. And I'm kind of thinking, here's a woman who passes up all the opportunities... 
So, so all you, you, you left him. You left him with no choice. You realise that, don't you? I he, didn't leave him with any choice. No, no, because my birthdays in October, so that was birthday month was out. Not a Christmas. That's December out. So then you're left in November. And being honest, if he had waited till November, like I would have been fuming. <laughs> okay. okay. I know the poor fella. I know he's a lot to deal with. He does. He does. <laughs> he does. I'll admit it. Like I'm hard work. I'm very hard work. But like I must be worth it. He's there eight years, and he has asked me to marry him after eight years, knowing exactly what I'm like. So I can't be that bad, can I? No, I no, <laughs> no. This gas is absolutely gas. Come here. Yeah. You must have missed half the gig, though. Well, you see, this is the disappointing part. There's always a downside. So we did, and a lot of people around us did as well. So we were kind of gutted. Um, you know, we would have went to it another night. And realistically, like, uh, like if we could have sorted something to go even the following, the Saturday night, we would have went. But he was absolutely amazing, Garth Brooks. And then we saw he was down in Dingle and he was singing in a pub. And I was like, oh, geez, no, if we could get on to him now. I know. <laughs> Every, all my friends think like that. Oh, you'll definitely, he'll definitely come back and, and play for you. I said, well, that would save us a couple of grand anyway. There's the thing, like <laughs> he said before he left, he said that he wants to come back. And he was talking know, about yeah. doing an Ed Sheeran on it, that he'd maybe do Cork and Belfast so, and... Yeah. go around the street. I mean, he was down doing pubs around Dingle, like, I mean. I know. So we could get married now, the next gig. <laughs> no, I'm thinking more in terms of, I mean, I don't know whether you have a wedding venue, like, but, you know, I mean. Yeah. I mean, nice little wedding band. I mean, I don't know if you've seen the documentary on Netflix about how he started. Yeah. No, I haven't seen it. I actually haven't recorded. He started out in, there were bigger pubs in Bandon. You're right, okay. Then the place he started out. So I would say, yeah. let's start an idea here on the programme, right? <laughs> Get on to the management. Right. And write to him. Are you, are you looking for an invite now? <laughs> you might very well think that. I couldn't possibly comment. Well, come here. I'd have a lot of friends in low places now if Garrett Brooks was playing at my, at my wedding, wouldn't I? They'd be coming out of the woodwork. Wouldn't that be some crack, though? Wouldn't it? So we could have the wedding up in Cork, Parky Cueve. Could do the whole lot in the one, and you, he could make his money then as well, sell all his tickets, and we'll just get married and everyone's happy. You see, I think you had far more plans than you're letting Not on. Not at all. I'm telling you now, I it's hard to shock me. And I'm the kind of person then, like when I was growing up, you know, the way you'd be, like, say, coming up to your 18th birthday, coming up to your 21st birthday or whatever, you know, you're saying, oh, maybe they might have a surprise party for me. But I'd have it all in my head, you know, like waiting for it. And then it wouldn't happen because everyone says, you can't surprise Orla. Because if I want to do something, I'll do it myself. Now, I could very easily have been the type of girl that when we agreed that we would get engaged, like a lot of a lot of people who know me said, I'm surprised you didn't take control of that and you didn't ask him because that's the type of person I am. <laughs> I think you left the poor boy with no option but to seize his moment. I know. <laughs> I did, in fairness to him now. And he tried his best to get Garrett Brooks to do something, but they were recording it for a Netflix that night. Right. And there was nothing set off the stage, whereas other nights there was. And even the following weekend, he showed me the night after, so the Saturday night, um, there was he organised like he did this whole proposal thing for this couple and he was like oh it's not lovely now and I said no Paul I actually would have died if I'm so glad that that didn't happen because I would have died 
you know. I don't believe you. Oh, I would have died. I think you'd, I think you'd I have secretly abducted. No, 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 no. Come here. Was he really lost for the 45 minutes or was he trying to arrange something on stage? No, he was trying to arrange something. He was in every section of, they'd be on about security. He was on every section of Crow Park. He was every security guard, the whole lot, like, and they, like, they really, really tried to get something, but there was no goal because they were recording it for Netflix, which I can understand because PJ, imagine now watching the Netflix documentary on um, Gareth Brooks' concert and looking at in years to come and oh look there's those two Egypts from Cork are after getting engaged you know what I mean but you know what you're after doing now by answering that last question what every poor misfortune I know in Cork this weekend <laughs> is going to be see see what he tried to do why couldn't you do that he was around do you see that do you see that now <laughs> Enjoy your engagement, and I hope you can get him to play the wedding. It'll be great fun. I know. I'll invite Jenny PJ if it happens. <laughs> Cheers, Orla. Take care. Talk to you soon. Thanks, PJ. Orla Rice and uh, Paul Maloney got engaged at the Garth Brooks concert. Can you beat that? That's the. That's a great story. Up uh, <laughs> oh, the Devon stand, and he disappears purportedly to go to the toilet. And then she discovers he was trying to get something to happen on the stage and then he goes down on one knee in the middle of tomorrow it never comes and she's fit to throttle him and at the same time is totally overwhelmed by the whole thing Orla Wright and Paul can anybody beat that? Anyone got a better story? 0818 96 96 96 of course poor old singletons feel very left out then you see when you mention something like that see this survey that came out um Big Seven Travel. Not familiar with the company, but they've come up with a survey where they did a list of the European cities, the best European cities for single people. The top three were Barcelona, London and Berlin. Dublin was 13th. Cork, well, of dozens of cities, Cork came 40th. The 40th best city in Europe in which to be single. Is it? I don't know. Is it a good place to be single? Is it a good place to go on a date or to find a date? Can we just talk? The Opinion Line with PJ Coogan. Text or WhatsApp now. 83 96 On Quartz 96FM. Listening to the discussion between John and PJ, people should remember the real people making the decisions are the civil service who are rarely held responsible or held to account. The politicians are only the spokespeople. They don't have job security like the civil servants. Politicians' homes are private and should always remain that way. Patrick, you're on the air. Good morning. Oh, yeah, yeah. What would you like to say? Well, it's, I mean, some people are depicting that the the people that were intimidated in Breed Smith and outside the doll and like ordinary people, but they're not. Like she pointed out in the other media interviews that she knows them. Yeah. Um, they're well-known far-right activists and they've been going around outside people's or politicians' houses, even Joe Duffy's house, Pat Kenny's house the past couple of years yeah. with their kind of um, far-right agenda and their kind of conspiracy theories about vaccines yeah. and New World Order, etc. Like I said, Patrick, like left or right, I don't particularly care where you stand, you don't have a right to do what they did. No, but should these people have made death threats and they threat to 
stance on the president's head. One of the speakers, uh, one of the kind of activists there, and they they go around. That's their thing. They pick up their phones and they go around harassing people like Nick O'Neill at say Trinity College, following them around, and and um, they're at say some vaccine centre and leaves from filming people and harassing people. And they, some of these people, just like a full time job, they're unemployed. They just go around the country doing this. You know? Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah, 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 and and. Uh, like the le- legitimate I, protest is is legitimate protest and is always part of a of a of a democracy. And I guess whether you're left or right, Patrick. Yeah. Oh, that. yeah. I suppose it is. Yeah. But these people, I suppose. I mean, if we see what happened. There, there's another protest two years ago outside the Dáil. I mean, there's the well-known um, LGBT activist. She was assaulted outside the Dáil. Is he? Yeah. Yeah. The same kind of crowd. Some of them are at that, that rally. And what I remember the thing? I think it was on Claire Bourne. One of them went to Charleville and it was a little. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. or something, he's filming Disney, no mask on. He was trying to, like... Yeah, I think I saw that as well. There was yeah, videos, the videos of, yeah. from um, Knock as well. Uh, yeah. Yeah, yes. there's a lot of it going on. It's become a... It's not a sudden phenomenon. You're right, it's it's not a sudden phenomenon. Mm. But in, in terms of the general question, Patrick, what would you think? That uh, you th- can, there's a line you don't cross and... Yeah, you can protest at a constituency office, but when it comes to, like, threatening people or their homes or their families and things, you know. Mm-hmm. That they're to be. You see, I mean, someone was saying, I think, the saying in Greece that I think some Fianna Fáil minister was saying years ago, he met the, the Greek junior justice minister and he had like 10 armed bodyguards. And, you know, like, and he was the Irish justice minister, had a guard, a driver, but he'd leave. Right. He'd, he'd, he would 
clock off when, when Dermot O'Hearn just minister him back to his home whenever yeah. it wasn't up near Dundalk or whatever so he's only on with him when he's on the job or whatever Yeah, it's true yeah. Patrick, thank you very much Friends who I've met who come over from the UK or other parts of the world actually just on a by the by are amazed always at the access we have in this country to our local politicians not just me who knows many of them through work for, for a long time but any politician, any TD, senator, local councillor, you, you know where to find them, you know where they live, you know where their office is. It's easy, it's easy to meet them if you want to talk to them. That's not the same in many parts of the world. And even if, you're lo- if your neighbour happens to be a government minister, you can still meet the government minister down the green, walking the dog and go, come here, could you ever look into something for me? They're that approachable. And what worries me is this kind of crack would make that impossible. And that's one of the wonderful things about our democracy, that our, our local politicians, our national politicians, are accessible to us in the street. Now, it's National Walk to School Week running until tomorrow. And it's to celebrate uh, walking as a positive way to go to school. Kira Norton is Green School's travel manager. Thousands of kids taking part in this all week. This morning was a bit damp, Kira, but it's been going well otherwise. Morning. It has. It has. Hi, Peter. How are you? Good morning. Um, yeah, we've had a really great week. Um, loads of engagement. And as you said, this morning is a bit damp. Not an ideal morning to get out of bed, <laughs> to be honest. Um, but uh, up until now, the kids have been getting out and walking to school. We've had... Um, some schools launch like walking buses and kind of use this week as a way to kickstart and bring walking back into focus. What's that? I've often heard the term walking bus. Yeah, so walking bus is in a situation, I suppose, where a school might maybe be a bit more rural or whatever their location is. Um, there's a lot more kind of propensity among the people dropping the kids off to park. So what they tend to do is they might pick somewhere to park a kilometre away um, or, you know, some kind of safe parking spot where everyone can park safely and considerately and then everyone gets together and walks in a group to the school. A couple of parents might volunteer. It might be that there's a couple of, like, housing estates near a school and, you know, people... um, you pick kids up along the way. So by the time you get to the school, you have this like bus of children essentially walking along. Um, and it's, a, it, yeah, it's a, like, a, you know, when we talk to kids about what they love about walking to school, they talk about their friends, they talk about the people they see, they talk about the chats they have. They, you know, so they want to be social and these walking buses and walking to school really helps that. Yeah. They do like it, actually. They, they take to it very quickly. They do. I mean, like... The rest, like, we all, you know, when we all wake up in the morning like that, wouldn't it be nice for someone to put us in a nice warm carriage and bring us where we need to go? <laughs> like, you can't, you know, you can't argue with people who say, well, you know, on days like this, but um, kids, you know, they're happy to put on their rain clothes sometimes and put on their wellies and splash in the puddles on the way to school. And obviously, like, you know, it depends on the age of the child sometimes, but for the most part, if they're warm and dry when they get there, they don't mind what happens on the way. They're happy to talk to their friends and their parents and walk their dog to school or whatever it is. Yeah, and a part of your event is also the Investigate and Create Challenge. Tell me about that. 
Yeah, so this year we um, just devised a few resources because, you know, we are aware that not every child because of, you know, maybe the journey their parents have to take on the way to school can walk to school or, you know, maybe the location of the school or whatever. Um, there are reasons why people can't. So the Investigate and Create is a way to kind of, it's one of our resources that is there to bring walking into the classroom and give teachers the resources to focus lessons around walking and the benefits and also um, allows those who have walked to school or been outdoors that morning to kind of report back on what they've seen and investigate their own journey and then from that create um, kind of art or create a story out of it. You know, if anybody wants to share their pictures or their experiences, you've got a hashtag and you've got some social yeah, so we're, um, we're greenschoolsireland.org, um, at greenschoolsire, and we're using Walk to School 22 and Schuler School 22. Fizzido. Schuler School Fizzido. Indeed. And tomorrow, of course, being Friday, are you expecting a big effort tomorrow? Yeah, a lot of schools might um, have uh, like kind of Friday focus fab feed Friday. You know, they do a lot of, um, you know, kind of fun, you know, funny feed Friday. They might have odd socks Friday, things like that. So, yeah, the walk, the end of the week is usually a good week, a good day as well um, as people kind of celebrate what they've done during the week and consolidate their efforts uh, for, for the months ahead, hopefully. Okay, here's hoping that it uh, turns out to be a big day tomorrow and a successful end to walk to school week 2022. Shul to school. Thank you, Kira Norton. She's their travel manager. 0818 96 96 96. Now, just a few days until we reveal the next big way to win here on Cork's 96 FM. No, I don't know yet what it is. No one will tell me because I have a big mouth on me. And I sit here talking for three hours in the morning and I have such a big gob, I couldn't keep it to myself. But I know this you won't want to miss it. You and a friend. The ultimate superstar experience. Casey and Ross will have all the deeds Monday morning, quarter past eight, to tell you about our next big way to win. Only on Cork's 96 FM. Looking forward to that, so we are. <laughs> I live in Carrigaline, says this uh, message. I live in Carrigaline, and if they could, they'd run the first drive in classroom. They do everything but bring the car in the school door. Access all areas on Cork's 96FM. Your guide to nightlife on Leaside. Hi, it's Michael here with an update on Cork's entertainment. Coming to Cork for two shows this Saturday is Norma Sheehan in Willie Russell's award-winning play, Shirley Valentine. Willie has scripted a special Cork version for this production with a matinee at half three and an evening show too. Check out CorkOperaHouse.ie for ticket details. Access all areas. Ham Sandwich have announced the Cypress Avenue show on December 1st in support of their new album Magnify due for release on September 30th. Tickets are on sale this Friday at 9am from the Old Oak and cypressavenue.ie Access All Areas You can contact us here at Access All Areas if you have a show, play or exhibition coming up or any live streaming events or gigs by emailing us at aaa at 96fm.ie Access all areas. With Cork Culture Night, Cork City. Enjoy free events in over 100 venues on Friday, September 23rd. See culturenightcork.ie. On Cork's 96 FM. Can we just talk? The Opinion Line with PJ Coogan. Call us now. 0818 96 96 96. On Cork's 96 FM. Right, quick mention, if I could, before I move on to Kaloshtavurda Rhea Lamara in Crosshaven. I'm asked to tell you they have an open night 
on Wednesday the 28th from 6 to get a taste what life is like in Kaloshtawarda. And they extend an invitation to parents, guardians and students of 5th and 6th class to join them. Principal will be speaking at 7. That's Wednesday, 28th September, Kaloch Dwarah, Rail Demora in Crosshaven. Happy to mention that. 0818 96 96 96. Do you know something I've never done? I've never had reflexology. I've had acupuncture. I've had chiropractor. I've had massage. You name it, I've had it. But I've never had reflexology. This is World Reflexology Week. Joined on the show by Anita Siegel from Happy Feet reflexology. Morning, Anita. Good morning, PJ. Thank you so much for having me on the show. Delighted. As I say, I've never had reflexology, Mm. but I'm told it's very effective. Before I get into World Reflexology Week and the fact that you're developing a a program for for parents and children, what is it? What is reflexology? Yes. Yes, reflexology is actually um, an ancient holistic therapy where we stimulate the nerve endings on the feet, hands. Some therapists are do, doing um, facial reflexology okay. based on the same principle. So we apply rhythmic pressure to the reflex areas, which are connected to the organs and the tissues in the body. And okay. we stimulate the organs and the tissues of the body to rebalance. Okay. So it's like my foot, the sole of my foot is like a map of my body and the reflexologist knows where to massage to affect say, my kidneys or my lungs or my... Absolutely. So what I always tell new clients, if you imagine a touch touch screen phone, okay, because that's everyone is using touch uh, touch screen phones nowadays. That's what I do. I just open the app when I touch the various reflex points. So the same same principle. And uh, yeah, so... Absolutely. It's interesting. Now, you've got this program for parents and children. Tell me more. Okay, so basically, uh, during the lockdown, uh, the last time I was on the show, I mentioned that I developed an online uh, program for mainly corporate clients at the time. But during the same time, if you do remember, it was quite difficult for working parents, working from home and arranging homeschooling or online schooling, as the case may be, with their own workload. So I always emphasized that children are not just welcome, but should be encouraged to join their parents during the online hand reflexology program. And the feedback was so great. I mean, I received videos from children who were yawning after the uh, workshop. I received messages. I received emails actually from my corporate contact saying that their employees are using the same techniques for their children at home and are absolutely delighted. Children love it. So it was basically a straight line to develop a program where I'm teaching basic hand reflexology moves to parents. Mm-hmm. So, so to the calm. parent massages the child's hand, is that it? Exactly, exactly, yeah. Okay. And uh, there are a fewer areas that we use. We use a lighter touch. It has to be also fun so that the children stay focused. But uh, the principle is the same, mm-hmm. yes. Yeah, and, and they, 
you guide the parent through the areas of the hand and then they do yes. it with the, with the children. And yes. What what happened? The children, what benefits they get from? They you say they get sleepy. Oh. Well, they do. They, look, everyone feels a little bit tired after a reflexology session. Mm-hmm. But uh, the most important benefit for me as a parent is that it improves the bond between parent and child immensely. It helps with their confidence. And that is, again, from feedback from uh, parents who have participated in my workshops. Uh, it helps children calm down. It improves their concentration and practiced at bedtime, which is the time where I usually run the workshop for parents, it helps with sleeping. Okay, okay. You, you brought the, some workshop thing out into the schools as well, Anita. Yes, yes, I did. Uh, uh, after uh, teaching it or showing it, parents guiding parents through hand reflexology. Um, where some children were old enough to learn the techniques themselves. And I always believe we should teach children how to look after themselves because, again, it improves their uh, self-esteem, their confidence. So I started to introduce um, sections or sessions uh, during this program where children could learn the basic techniques very uh, much in an interactive and fun way. And then I offered it to a few schools and they took it. And again, feedback was phenomenal. Very good. So they came back to you and said, hey, that worked. Can you come here again? Like they, they were really, really happy. They were very happy. Uh, we ran it uh, from junior infant until first year. Mm. I would be hope. Yeah. Yeah. So, so obviously it is always age appropriate. You can't do the same with a junior infant uh, as you do with a first year student. So it's always um, adopted to the uh, to the age group. Sure. But uh, yeah, I, I would absolutely love to be able to teach um, either uh, TY students or junior cert, living cert students where they actually face immense stress and also anxiety. Yeah, yeah. It, it is, and, it, and just said to show be them, a, a stress reliever, an anxiety reliever. Yes, absolutely, absolutely. And do you know what, what I find? Whether it's children, parents, or uh, my corporate clients, when you focus on your hands and you are focusing on uh, the massage elements and connect with your body, your brain automatically switches off creating a space of calm. And I also find the more people experience this calm, the more they will strive to create the same feeling or experience. Just something I think about here. I, I have a friend of mine has a, a habit. Whenever he's a bit stressed, uh, the, the, the knuckle under his first finger, his index finger, he just roll yeah. it like a ball. And he says it calms him down. Now, he's not a reflexologist or has never mm-hmm. been to a reflexology session, but he just noticed from when he was a small child that rolling that joint like a ball relaxes him. Is that a form of reflexology? Uh, I wouldn't say it's a form of reflexology, but he most certainly is stimulating a reflex point yeah. that calms him down. Yeah. Very strange. I, I actually, I, I don't think it's strange to be honest. Really, I think it's, I think it's wonderful. Sure. So part of my uh, workshop, whether for, uh, 
more for adults is uh, finding a tiny little bubble in the middle of your thumb. Yeah. So if you look at your thumb, if you would wouldn't mind yeah. practicing it with me. My thumb. So if okay. you look at yeah, if you look at your thumb, yeah, uh, above the second joint, yeah. right in the middle. If you can press down with your other thumb, yeah. find a little bubble. It feels like a bubble. Yeah, it does. Yeah, it is. Yeah, 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 it's, like it? a, yeah, yeah. it's like a little, yeah, it's moving around there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah absolutely. So what I do uh, with my clients, I ask them to press on that bubble. Yeah. And by pressing down, you take a really slow, deep breath in. Yeah. Okay. And you release both your breath and the pressure at the same time. Okay. And then we continue on to the uh, index finger, the mid finger, mm. the ring finger, and so on. And by the time we get to the pinky, yeah, that's quite calming, everyone's actually. energy changed. That's quite, well, let me that's, tell you, I was practicing it before I came on the show. That's quite calming, actually, yeah. yeah. Yes, and I, and I tell you why. Uh, because pressing down those points, we stimulate the brain reflex area. Right. And taking slow, deep breath in, focusing on your breath and releasing that breath very slowly okay. also calms. Okay. So it's a double effect, if you like. Interesting. Very interesting. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it is. You find that little spot there. And yeah. it, is, it is quite calming. Anita, it's been a lovely conversation. Thank you very much. Not at all. Thank you so much for having me, especially during Word Reflexology Week. <laughs> Which runs until Sunday. Thank you, Anita. Anita Siegel of Happy Feet Reflexology. Just search for her and you're... That's brilliant. That's deadly. You just find that little point there in your thumb. Just roll it round. And take a breath and leave the breath out. And the world is a, a nicer place. Cork loves the arts. We do too. That's why we bring you the Arts House. Every Sunday on Cork's 96 FM. Hi, it's Elmarie. Join myself and Connor every Sunday morning to find out what's happening in the arts all over Cork. There's so much happening. Fantastic festivals with great events for all ages. And we'll tell you all about them. The Arts House. Sunday mornings, 8 to 10. With Griffin's Potatoes. Planted, picked and produced in Cork. Griffin's Potatoes. The great taste of home. Cork. 96 FM The lines are live And we're ready to talk Can we just talk? Call 0818 96 96 96 Text or WhatsApp 083 396 96 96 Email opinion at 96fm.ie The Opinion Line with PJ Coogan On Cork's 96 FM The lovely people at the Rainbow Club are having a big fundraiser next month. Now, we've talked to them many, many times over the years since they started out as a tiny, tiny, tiny operation. They're now huge and just getting bigger and they offer amazing support to children, to carers, to siblings and they get no funding. So there's a sponsored walk being run by their sibling groups on the 8th of October to raise funds. If any of the listeners know any sibling who'd like to join, they can contact the Rainbow Club or if they can just spare two euro, they can donate that to keep the services going for the amazing kids. It's the Vanidonate.ie page 
and SOS Save Our Siblings support from the Rainbow Club. 0818 96 96 96. Two actors to talk to this hour, uh, both from Cork, both doing really well. One here locally, well, on RTE, and another is about to get his massive Netflix break. Who am I talking about? He's later in the show. But first of all, I, I think we may have to get uh, inside the prison, and I know we've had to work with the prison service. <laughs> On the end of the line, <laughs> Stephen O'Leary, Zach in Fair City. He's due out soon, isn't he, Stephen? He's going to get out soon, Peter. How are you? Well, very well, very well. Um, Remind us again why he's in there. He was. Uh, he got a suspended sentence for. He was involved in drugs um, last year. You know, he got involved in drugs, um, in the selling of drugs and stuff. You know, and uh, he got a two-year suspended sentence. It was his first ever offence. And while he was out on a suspended sentence, he broke the law again by selling stolen goods. So he was. Uh, he was then given the two-year sentence, you know. Right, right. Um, Hopefully he'll be so out. he's been in there now for the last five months, but behaving be behaving well. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, young lad like yourself, this from Cork, trained in Dublin as an actor. This is your first big break, wasn't it, Stephen? It was me. Yeah, it was my first kind of, you know, kind of gig that would got my face out there, like, you know. Um, and it's amazing for me because it's so consistent, I suppose, in this career, you know, like a job might last for two months, three months, but we're for City. I'm, I've been so lucky to land the role that's been kind of keeping me going for the year, you know. Yeah, and then on the other side of it, for me as a young actor, to be on set every day in front of a camera, yeah, um, just learning the craft, you know, it's it's uh, it's amazing for me, you know. It's almost like an audition, isn't it? Really, though, because you're you're kind of making your show reel as you go. Exactly, and that's the thing. The job, like the job in Fair City, is like no other because it's you know it's 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 so fast paced and they work so quickly in there and uh, mm. like to to film to film four episodes a week and you don't really have time to think too much about, I suppose the ins and outs of the scenes. Like you need to be on set, you need to be ready, you need to, yeah. and you just need to give it your all, you know. And then sure. once the scene is once the scene is filmed, you kind of forget about it and move on to the next, you know. Yeah. How do you land a gig like that, Stephen? Um, I, I suppose I was lucky after college. I was signed with an agent, and um, and agents are great. Like what agents do is they get you into rooms and they meet, get you to meet casting directors and stuff like that. So I was just lucky to get into a room with Bridgie DeCourcy, who's head of Fair City, and audition for the role of Zach. And uh, yeah, it just went well, you know. Yeah, and you're there now for nearly a year, and of course, be, being a regular, it, it gives you an income. It allows you to set yourself up with a proper place to live and things like that and and it, most what's the old saying isn't it Stephen 80% of actors are out of work 80% of the time so you've left that 80% for now which is great like it is the thing you know and that and that is the tough part of, of the industry I suppose you know but um, I've definitely I've definitely been there you know I've definitely been in between jobs and stuff and uh, I think for actors it's just about finding you know finding inspiration when you're when you're in, when you're in that position when you're not working to you know keep on going and yeah and yeah then your break, your breaks will come and if you're pay, I always talk about patience with it you know if you if it if if it's something that you want to do and you have patience with it and you know it's right then yeah stuff will start to land for you you know and you I've mean, just been lucky this year that uh, that yeah, that's happened for me it's you know it's been great for you 
you read this four episodes a week uh, turnover. Like that's hard. I mean, I, I know that you work because um, the former Fair City star um, who used to play Joe before your time, Rachel Sarah Murphy's <laughs> old, an old pal of mine. Um, but she was saying like you'd get a bunch of scripts and they're they're eight, nine, ten weeks ahead. Yeah, well, I, 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 they might have changed it recently. Not, we're not that, we're not too far ahead, so it's it's funny when people ask me about like storylines and all oh, what's going to happen. Yeah, a lot of the time when we're filming, like we might have two weeks worth worth of scripts. You know, we might not know the storyline coming up. You right. Know, so I suppose we some we sometimes we know as much as as the public. Really, because <laughs> you just get the script and, but, you, um, and you really, and of course you film them out a sequence as well. So you might do a bunch of scenes. Together, yeah. Isn't that what right? we do is we what we do we film by location, you know. So it's um it depends on how many scenes are in a certain location. So yeah, you know, I might film all my 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 home scenes on a Tuesday, but then we go to McCoy's on the Wednesday, you know. Yeah. So it's out of sequence, but the re- really like it's it's a skill in itself, I yeah. suppose, being in a soap like Fair City and the yeah. fast paced nature of it. Yeah. And, is there uh, is there a ton of learning off you know? involved? But there is, I suppose, the same as any other acting gig you might get. You know, um, there is a ton of ton of learning. Um, but I mean, the the team of writers they have in there are fantastic, and a lot of like most of the scenes just flow naturally. Yeah. And once you once you start working on them, you, you would, I surprise myself on how quick um, you know the lines kind of stay with me because the scenes flow so nicely. You know. Yeah, yeah. Um, oh, and you... then it depends like your like I work with a group of actors like Jeff who plays Tommy and Maria who plays my sister Dervla. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And we're like, you know, everyone's side are so lovely and we bounce off each other, you know. So. Yeah, and, and you rakes of experience between them all. So you're learning from them. Exactly. And, you know, and you're building your character. And then you get you get spotted in the street. What's that like? Yeah, you get spotted in the street. I mean, I, I, mean, I used to watch Fair City as a kid with my grandmother at home here in Rathwarmock, you know. And I suppose when I got the part, I did take for granted a small bit how many people actually do watch the show, you know. Yeah. So it did take me by surprise the first couple of weeks after I was on screen, you know, people kind of recognising you, you know. And is that someone like <laughs> serving you your, your chicken roll in Centra? And so, yeah, yeah, or people <laughs> passing by, or yeah, or people, a lot of people, um, a lot of people you'd see kind of just staring over, you know, and not, not really being able to place you or where they know you're from, but they definitely know you from somewhere. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I, do, you, do you ever um, meet the super fans who, who know it inside out? And they want to talk you do, to you, you do, about um, something that happened. <laughs> Come here, you were wrong there now. Exactly. You do you do meet those people and it's lovely. It's, well, it's the same as any other job, you know. It's it's lovely to hear feedback and and uh like I'm always very grateful when people come up to me and talk about the show, you know. Yeah. yeah. Um and it's lovely to chat to him. To, to be fair, but, uh, it is a kind of a, of it's a kind of a cultural institution now, isn't it, Fair City at this stage? I mean, you, you said you watched it with your nana. <laughs> yeah, exactly, yeah. It's it's mental and uh but I suppose it's, it's just a, it's just an intimate look into people's lives that continues on for, for, for like not like a film or a TV show. It just continues on. So you're seeing all different aspects of these pe- characters' lives in Fair City, and mm. it really is just that. It's 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 a it's a national thing now, and people mm. people seem to enjoy it anyway. You know, <laughs> so, well, clearly they do. And the thing about it is, I know contracts <laughs> in that business are hard to come by, and get a get a, a long term gig like. Uh, central character like Zach, and you're, you're you're away for slates for a while, so he's out of jail shortly. You've no idea though what's happening, or you film stuff and you he's can't out of tell jail us. Shortly. Yeah, well, pretty much, but he's out of jail shortly, and um, I suppose it's it's that kind of thing with Zach is what kind of an effect that 
that sentence might have had on him, you know, and uh, he's definitely in the past, like, not learned from any of his mistakes, you know, and uh, you would think that he might come out a small bit, you know, apologetic and straightened out, you know, but we'll just have to wait and see. He's not the kind of guy to to learn too quickly from his mistakes, you know. He might be out of jail, but he's not necessarily out of trouble, like. Exactly, yeah, and it's kind of detaching of who you meet and when you're inside there and what kind of experience you have and what kind of effect does that have on you when you're out, you know, and, yeah. you know, a lot of the times it doesn't have a great effect on you, you know, or certainly with Sack maybe, you know, um, but uh, it's, it's a, he's, a, he's a very fun character to play, you know, because you kind of, you know, as an actor, you have to find out, or you have to kind of dive into why he makes the decisions he does, like, you know, and yeah, yeah just, you, you kind of have to understand the mentality of the character, don't you? Exactly. Like, there's no, there's no sense as an actor to like if you're disagreeing with what the character's doing, or if you, you know, that's not going to help you at all. You need to really kind of dive into his mentality, like you said, and find out what makes him tick, find out what make, makes him happy, what makes him sad. You know, all these little things, like you know. So mm. you have to think um, like Zach, it, it, not like uh, Stephen. Exactly. Exactly. And I suppose when you so, work uh, at it long enough with all the different scripts and all the different scenes and twists and turns, you, you kind of learn. Do you learn him as an alternative reality kind of thing? Well, that's the that's it. That is the funny thing with Fair City, you know, because like I've I've done TV series and and films before where you're working on a character for two months and you know the script might give you something, but you might have to kind of come up with a backstory for the character yourself just to kind of make more sense in your own head. But with Zach and with something like Fair City, your your that backstory is is you're adding it to it every week. There's different scenes with different people, mm. and you know I've been I've been on it now for a year and. You know, you really do feel kind of settled in the character more so than others because you've been working on him for that long, you know? Yeah, yeah. Ambitions for the future, young That's man. It. You're nicely settled for now, but ambitions for the future? Um, Just to keep on going, PJ. Yeah, I've, I've been lucky enough. I've, I've been cast in a, a Michael Winterbottom movie, which is filming in Italy in October. Um yes. It's called The Promised Land. And uh, I mean, that's it's, it's, I always talk about little steps, little steps, you know. And Fair City was that step for me. And yeah. this film in, that we're filming in Italy might be another step for me. And yeah. just to keep, like, I love what I do. And I love, you know, and just keep making a living and yeah. keep going forward, you know. Yeah. And the dream is that the gigs get bigger and you've got a really big gig in Fair City. Now you've got a movie. I've been talking to Anna Hardwick. You may know Anna, a guard the Joe yeah. from Smother. He's now on Netflix, for goodness sake. Do you know? So it's, yeah, well, well, once you get well, yeah. once you get noticed, the doors start to open. Listen, delighted for your success, young man, and long may it continue. Thanks a million, Fiji. Thank you so much. Cheers. There's Zach from Fair City, or Stephen O'Leary, um, who will be out of jail. Zach will shortly, but not out of trouble. Thanks and best of luck, young lad from from Cork 0818969696 just coming back to the landlords from earlier I want to clear these because I'll forget them if I don't we started this morning talking to Catherine Clancy from the Magazine Road and Surrounding Areas Residents Association they do their survey frequently and they surveyed nearly 270 properties and they found that nearly 100 just under 100 of them weren't registered at all with the RTB and we're talking to Catherine Clancy about it and how difficult it makes for a tenant to have any comeback if their landlord isn't acting in their best interests and also if tenants are troublesome it makes it very difficult for local residents to have any comeback with the landlord 
A couple of comments on that. Well done to Catherine. It's no good having laws if it's not followed through. We see it in many areas, says Pat. Hi PJ, if a property isn't registered, this is from Sophie, if a property isn't registered, does that mean the landlord isn't taxed, tracked or traced for tax on rental income? It's 50% tax on rental income every October. Think of the amount of tax revenue not being collected that could provide houses and potentially reduce the tax on landlords who are paying tax. There you go, Sophie. And one of the reasons they don't register with the RTB is they have to pay tax on the money that comes in. And as a landlord, says this message, I can tell you the RTB are useless. If you go on their website, you'll be told you're 50th in the queue uh, to chat. The same with the phone calls. And when you get to speak to a person, you're then told to go onto their website, which is best described as very user unfriendly. Thank you. 0818 96 96 96. The Cork Diary. On Cork's 96 FM. Douglas Street Business Association will be hosting Autumn Fest this Sunday, the 25th of September, between 12 and 6 pm. There'll be a walking history tour, circus performances, live music, face painting, a silent disco, and loads more fun for all the family. You can check out more info on the Douglas Street Business Association Facebook page. If you have an event you would like mentioned, email the details to corkdiary at 96fm.ie. The Cork Diary. With Tusla Fostering, now seeking foster carers from a diverse range of backgrounds in Cork. See fostering.ie. On Cork's 96FM. Now the build-up to Culture Night, continuing Culture Night tomorrow night, Friday 23rd, all over the city and county. Dozens and dozens of events. To try to mention them all, you'd be here until 12 o'clock tomorrow and you still wouldn't be finished. But we're catching up with a few headlines. I was talking before on the show to Kira Chapman about her battle with chronic pain. And it's that battle with chronic pain which has been the inspiration for an artwork which has been unveiled this week uh, for Culture Night. Kira, morning. Morning, PJ. How are you? Great. Good to talk to you again. Remind people about your, your chronic pain. Where, where did it come from? And it affects you all the time. Yeah, I had an accident where um, I fell down the stairs about seven years ago and I thought it was just a mild enough fall, but um, I woke up one morning not long after with um, sciatica and it was just kind of chronic nerve damage I had and some kind of tears in the disc down my back. Mm. So um, it just never went away. Yeah, and you live with it all the time now. Yeah, every day. So you kind of, it varies in its degree and things can impact it. Mm. But um, it's pretty much always there. Yeah. And is it the kind of thing that you don't really know until you open your eyes in the morning and sit up what it's going to be like for the day? Yeah. And I get latent pains. So if I do something today, I'll probably feel it tonight or tomorrow. So um, sometimes you're not sure if you've overdone it until later. Now, that was the inspiration for the artwork. Tell me about that. Yeah, so I wanted to do something really big because I love the street art in Cork City. Um, But I couldn't paint something on a wall or anything because of my back and my leg. So um, I um, created an artwork on my iPad and um, I had it printed with Cork Signs and they installed it. 
So it adheres to the glass the whole way down the north wall of Cork Opera House's windows. Right. And uh, it goes down. It's I think it's uh, 10,000 millimetres long and uh, 6,000 millimetres wide. So um, it's big. That's big. Yeah, yeah, I was trying to make sure that's I got that right. That's about 35 um, feet by 20 feet. Like, that's big. Yeah, it is. It's really, really big. Um, and it goes down the three floors. So the medium kind of was because um, I'm a disabled artist, but the um, the theme is all about chronic pain. Yeah, yeah. And that's unveiled. Um, it's about how... It's unveiled yeah. this week. And then you're doing a talk on Culture Night at the Opera House. Yes, I am um, from six to seven o'clock tomorrow. Um, it's just all about uh, the medium, the living with chronic pain and um, being a disabled artist. Uh, JJ O'Donoghue from Tripe and Trishine will be interviewing me. So um, then there'll be an opportunity for people if they want to look at it on Instagram because access and inclusion is really important to me. So if you can't physically leave your home or if you're just in a different county, yeah. you can still watch the talk. Yeah. You have a QR code with it. What's that about? Yeah, so when you scan the QR code, you're sent to a SoundCloud document um, online where you hear an audio description of the image. Cool. And that's kind of for anyone with kind of sight issues or um, someone who just wants to know a little bit more about it, but they don't want to ask. Really, so, really um, it's inclusive like, stuff. Really inclusive stuff. Yeah, I think that's really important because it's an awful feeling when you you don't feel like you can experience things other people can. So, anytime I can include someone, I try to. Excellent. Okay. You're at the Opera House tomorrow evening at 6 to talk about the artwork and it's displayed on the windows of the Opera House. Kira did it on her iPad and then it was printed off and it's run across the windows. It's huge and it's wonderful. Thank you very much. Kira Chapman, uh, an artist, disabled artist, displaying her work on the Opera House and speaking at the Opera House for Culture Night tomorrow night. Of course, Cork's 96 FM, very proud media partners of Culture Night 2022. Now, Claire Layton joins me from Music Generation. Again, a fabulous, fabulous outfit. I remember at the start of it, when Bono gave some money, and that's a few years ago now. You're going great guns. You have five events around town for the weekend, Claire. Morning. Good morning, TJ. Thanks for having me. Um, yeah, we've got a really busy culture night tomorrow, um, and we're really looking forward to opening the doors of a few of lots of different venues around the city. Um, there'll be culture night buses as well happening um, and available for for people around Cork City. There's three different. Uh, bus routes, um, Culture Night bus routes happening um, in conjunction with Cork City Council. Um, but our specific Music Generation Cork City events are happening in partnership with the libraries. We've got Gamelan Workshops, Holly Hill Libraries, Light Library, and we have um, Tucker Mulcahy, Tom Mulcahy, Cork's uh, most uh, renowned jazz guitarist, talking about music reading and uh reading with dyslexia um, and alternative approaches to music literacy. And we've got the cabin screening down at the Marina Market and we have uh, an open trad session at uh, the cabin in Nakahini as well for adults and young adults. Is music a good culture gateway for, for young people? I suppose it's the 
a gateway that we all have at home, you know, singing uh, lullabies at, you know, uh, bedtime. And, you know, it's the, the most accessible art form. Um, and all of the Culture Night events are designed to be open to the public. Uh, it, it's all, all of our events are accessible. Um, and it's just, the Culture Night is very special because it's that celebration of, of all the things that we do so well. Mm. Uh, music, arts, there's poetry, um, visual arts, film, acting, all of that. That's all happening um, around the city tomorrow. And it's a chance for you to go into buildings that are otherwise out of bounds, I think, after hours. It's kind of a, a chance to go into places that you wouldn't normally get to go into as well at night time. So it's, there's a nice kind of, that kind of rarefies the atmosphere as well. You have a great tie-in with Gary and, and his team at The Cabin which is the cabin itself is just a Cork institution at this stage but working together I get that's with them that's a great opening for for young people isn't it to get into it's culture fantastic um yeah uh, Gary McCarthy there and GMC Beats at the cabin is it's always held up as a model of practice in the in the country and uh, internationally in fact they're just fresh from working on a, a video for world for the world health organization um food heroes um, so, uh, he, like the cabin from Nakhnihini, uh is having an international reach at this stage, working with MC Abdul in Palestine and all across the world now. So, the, the Nakhnihini is making its mark globally now um, uh, under that uh, under the guidance of uh, Gary Gary there and the other musicians involved in the team there, uh, Rory and uh, all the young mentors as well that are coming up through the cabin and then giving back into the program and helping young artists from the community to develop their skills and to present then on a professional level. Uh, as actually, today um, you'll be able to see MC Tiny's new music video. Um, he's just releasing a new a new song uh, and that's going to be available to, to, to see now. Um, that will be screened at, at Culture Night tomorrow night in the Marina Market as well. So that's yeah, definitely I think, I think Gary's actually sent me that. I, straight away on my email this morning, he sent me he sent me Tiny's good video. Uh, he's he, uh, Tiny's a legend, though. I mean, he is a legend. He's an absolute legend and a superstar. And he's uh, yeah, he's um, everything. He, he everything that you see in the, in professional performers. You know, he's got that confidence. He's got the gift of writing. He's always chipping away. He's always working on his craft. He's always upping his game, and he's always presenting uh, uh, professionally whatever the situation so and that's kind of that's common in in the cabins practice it's uh it's about making the most of all those opportunities that come your way and presenting and as and giving it your all every time yeah tiny's got that confidence that you can't buy and if you could bottle it my goodness I know we could always do we could all do a bit of tiny, yeah, <laughs> definitely, sure, yeah. Um, like he's, and that he's destined he's, for places like Vegas. Like really, he is. He's destined for his big stages. I mean, he'll be as hard to get for an interview as Garth Brooks in a few years' time. He is. He is a superstar, <laughs> and there's a lot of superstars there. There's uh, MC Sparky, uh, Jamie the King, and then there's the Mishnah. Uh, the they girl, a brilliant. new girl band from Nakamini as well and they beyond. Yeah. They are fantastic, and they they have three new music videos um, that will be featured tomorrow night at the Marina Market screening. Uh, uh, they're incredible performers. Uh, all the songs are written by themselves, performed by themselves, and then we we drafted in um, so uh, 
it was um, those videos that the Mishnah crew uh, produced are actually sponsored by TikTok. That was a TikTok right. commission last year. Um, and that, uh, so those videos are well worth seeing. That's stuff that you could put on. If, if MTV was still a thing, they would, they would be on, they would be um, suitable for MTV now. They're just such, so professionally produced and they're presenting just world-class material, really. Absolutely, absolutely. Between yourselves at Music Generation and The Cabin, we really have found something very, very special in Cork and it'll be on display all around the city tomorrow evening for a culture night. I often think, when I think about The Cabin, I think of a, a line in a song Two fat guards in a battered events, and I think how far forward have they come from that? Look it up, you'll find it. It's called Not Tonight, but the first song Gary released years ago, before he started working the magic up the cabin and then joining forces with Music Generation, and they literally are going international at this stage. On walking to school and the walking bus, don't let the Department of Education know anything about that walking bus. They'll mess that up as well. And on transport in general, budgets and all that coming up next week. Transport should be a priority for East Cork. If they can open Glountown to Middleton, then they should open Middleton to Mogili to Killa to Yall. Oh, the Yall Railway, one of my favourite topics of conversation. One of the greatest cock-ups of all time was closing down and leaving that Yall Railway closed. Anyway, to take a big percentage of traffic off the N25, the bus service just (coughs) doesn't cut it. Uh, There's planning as well passed for housing at Water Rock, and there'll be a train station there at Stop Away from Middleton. Oh, you'll get no argument with me. Middleton down to Mogili, to Castle Martyr, down to Yall. There should be a train line there, just like back in, was it the 60s? And I was only in Baltimore last weekend, and down for a walk down there, and you you can see the old train station. The structure is still there. The old train station is still there from back in the day of the West Cork Railway. I mean, how brilliant would it be now to have a West Cork Railway? How stupid was the decision back in, God, it was my father's or my grandfather's time to do away with it? How utterly, utterly stupid was that. And how doubly, utterly stupid was it to not consider reopening, y'all. Sorry, I, I get head up about that, you know. Can we just talk? The Opinion Line with PJ Coogan. Text or WhatsApp now. 083-396-9696. On Quartz 96 FM. Just a reminder, tomorrow we'll have a dream analyst on the show. I was saying to you earlier on, I had a been having a very strange dream the last couple of nights and I'm going to be asking this analyst about it tomorrow but if you've had any unusual dreams ones that recur or ones that scare you or ones that you wake up going what the hell was that or you know those kind of dreams where you're convinced you're actually awake like that's my one I'm out there last night I was dreaming this thing over and over again and absolutely convinced that I'm wide awake I can almost see myself wide awake lying in my own bed. But I'm dreaming because what's happening can't possibly be happening. Uh, And it's the strangest thing. I'm in my own house. But it's all different and wrong. It's mad. Um, So I'll be asking the dream analyst about that. If you've got anything like that, stuff that recurs or that frightens you, 
or that you don't understand or leaves you confused, we'll do that tomorrow. Okay, so send us in your dream questions. Opinion at 96fm.ie. That's the best way, uh, always the best way to contact us, as they say, out of hours. Because if you listen to our podcasts, of course, we do about 30 podcasts a week, uh, including the full show every day. Or if you listen to our overnight repeat show between 3 and 5 a.m., where we squeeze the show way down to that couple of hours. Or if you listen to our full podcast, just contact us by opinion at 96fm.ie. We'll get back to you. 0818969696. I mentioned this guy's name uh, earlier on, and I've followed his career with interest over the last couple of years. Uh, he played Gather Joe in the first two seasons of Smother, and during season two, I was trying to get him on the show, and it was proving really, really difficult. I've now found out why it was proving so difficult to get Ian Hardwick onto the show because at the time he was being he was being um, headhunted or picked up by Netflix for one of the biggest shows on Netflix Fate the Winx Saga which is a kind of a teen young adult drama about fairies and magic and wizardry and sorcery and it's brilliant fun Brilliant fun. And Anna Hardwick will be in season two, or is in season two, which dropped in the last few days. The fairies are back to get you more addicted than ever before. After Netflix's official Twitter accounts announced in 2021 that Fate the Wink Saga would be returning. Every true fan has been waiting and leaning just to get a peek into what season two is like. Of course, there have to be new characters and the fans aren't going to be disappointed this time. Sebastian is another student that could make a difference at Althea. He's been described as someone with a brilliant mind but with questionable morals. And this role is set to be played by Aina Hardwick. Aina Hardwick, you've come a long way from the stage of the Cat Club when I watched you up there with, with Irene Keller a couple of years ago. Netflix of all places. Congratulations. Uh, uh, thank you very much. Yeah, I remember remember that evening meeting you after that, actually. Yeah, it was a great run. It was a great show. Um, so, no, I'm delighted. It's uh, This was a, an absolute hoot to film. It really was such a, a very special 12 weeks. So, it's exciting now that it's landed and it's got a big fan base already. So mm. it's, um, yeah, it's really exciting to see them kind of interact with it. Season one had a big cult following. I watched a bit of it in, in the run up to this chat mm. and I thought, you know what? It's made for teenagers, but this overgrown teenager could easily watch and enjoy it. Well, absolutely. I mean, I, I remember telling my brother that I was filming it and he and his wife had already seen season one. And it's definitely got a wide audience. A lot of people came to it from the cartoon it's based on, The Winx Club. Yeah. Uh, really, really big um, with my generation growing up and with, you know, the generations after that and before that. So this is a kind of, it's it's developed on from that for an older audience, for a kind of young adults uh, audience. And it's it comes with a kind of a big following already. So mm. there's a pressure to that. And there's something very exciting about that, that yeah. you're... you're kind of stepping into characters that people already know and love and have opinions about and it's also a very wide world like there was lots of different series and versions of the Wings Club so like hmm. people who know this this world they know it very deeply um, so it was, it was great to step into that and to try and kind of catch up and learn about it yeah. make sure I knew all the lore and you know 
what meant what and how the magic worked and things like that. Yeah. And with Netflix, they don't cut any corners. The effects are incredible. The production of this is massive. To be an actor in the middle of all of that, in what's it like? It's brilliant because it kind of does a lot of the work for you. I mean, I, I had never done anything quite on this scale before. And when I stepped in to do it, I mean, in one sense, it doesn't feel any different. You're in a room, you're talking with people, you're just trying to relate and sort of kind of, you know, have a, you know, have a truthful sort of scene with the people in front of you. But then there is, there are these incredible sets. I mean, the design in this is incredible. And the people, the DOPs who shot it, it's got a kind of real slick, sophisticated look to it. And then you add in all the elements, the, the VFX um, are, are brilliant in this as well. So it does, it kind of makes your um, your imagination work on overtime. You know, it, it feels very, very real. And that's very exciting for an actor. So I loved it. Um, and definitely daunting for a few days. You know, you go in and you kind of go, does this change anything? Do I need to do anything differently? Um, and to some degree, you just need to trust that all of the kind of machine around you is working and you just do what you would do normally, you know. How do you get a gig like this, Anna? Is it literally audition? Is it as simple as that? Yeah, yeah. Audition and then hope and audition and then hope. And then, uh, <laughs> you know, someone's come along and this was, I was, I was actually filming Smother season two when this came in and it just sometimes you get lucky and you read something and you go okay I've, I've, I have an idea here or I have a kind of I feel like I could have a handle on this so it was one of those I was just um, I did a few rounds of auditions with the casting director and with one of the directors and um, yeah I, and I really enjoyed it actually they were they were fun auditions and they were fun sites mm. to read this character Sebastian who's new to season two is very he's got a dry kind of ironic sense of humour he's a lot of fun to play He's got a kind of a, a big heart, but a bit of a bleak outlook on life. Um, so there was loads there, even on the page, to kind of work with. Yeah, when you get your script and you're saying, OK, this is the guy I have to become, where, where do you start? I think you start, it, what, you know, you start with the human side. And what's great about this show and what Brian Young has made is that you kind of, it's a world of monsters, fairies, magic, but it's also very, like, it's a world of these young women, these young guys trying to kind of figure out who they're going to be and, you know, what kind of people they're going to be. And I kind of approached it the same way. I was like, this character, Sebastian, he's got, um, he's an ex-student of Alfia. He, you know, he didn't have the best time at school. He was probably quite, you know, he was probably quite well liked, but didn't quite knew, know where he kind of fitted into. So you always approach it from that, the kind of who are who they are, what mm. their sort of story is. And then the rest of the kind of the unique things about this world, the other world that the characters live in, they, that kind of comes after. But I think you're always just starting with the nuts and bolts, like who are they, what makes them tick? Yeah. And for me, it was like his, it was his kind of, uh, his tough upbringing, his kind of slightly cynical outlook and his, his but he's, he's a very well-intentioned, well-meaning character. Yeah. In this story, he becomes a great kind of, man on the outside kind of helping the the heroes of the story so it was yeah that was kind of my starting point it has kind of shades of Harry Potter but it's a bit grittier I think I think that's the word it's definitely grittier and it should feel like a challenging world it should feel like danger monsters mm. 
sort of impending threat. So yeah. um, it does have a darkness to it, you, you, uh, which I, I love. You mentioned season two a Smother. That's why I couldn't get you because you were working on this during season two. You're in season three. Excited for it? Very excited. Very excited. I mean, I, I'm i delighted we got to do three seasons of it and that, you know, people have really taken to it and it's it's a very special one yeah. to film. We and we feel like we've been kind of through through something now. You know, three yeah. years together. You really, we really know each other. And um, I think the writing in season three is is really brilliant. So I I had a ball. Well, you and I might talk again when that starts. I'd love to do that. Ian, a great talking to you once Sounds again. Good to me. Take care, fella. Che- Pleasure as always. Cheers. Bye bye. The great Anna Hardwick, lovely fella. And he said writing. He did say writing. It's smother like it's not at Nels. That's season three of something in January. Winks, the uh, saga coming up on Netflix or on Netflix right now. Thanks, Anna. And we'll catch up when Smother is on the air in the new year. 0818 96 96 96. Your dream stories for tomorrow. I forgot to mention this today, and we might think about it for tomorrow because it's still a happening thing. This cafe in County Mead called the Sage and Stone, which put up a sign (laughs) saying, we welcome everyone and anyone who comes to dine wearing their own smart, casual clothing. But we draw the line (laughs) at pyjamas. It would appear that they'd been having quite a number of people coming into the Sage and Stone for breakfast, still in their pyjamas. Now, I've met people in Tesco's in their pyjamas. I've seen people walk on the streets in their pyjamas, but I've never yet met anybody in a restaurant or a snack bar or a cafe having their breakfast in their pyjamas. But this apparently happened in Sage and Stone in County Mead, and they've said, no, thank you. Dress yourself. They've had a very mixed reaction to it. Very mixed. Some people taking serious umbrage at the audacity, such as it is, of a cafe to say no pyjamas for your breakfast. We'll come back to it tomorrow because I'd love to know what you think. That's it for now. The programme edited by Fiona Corcoran, produced and researched by Fergal Barry. Get me your dream stories for tomorrow also. I will see you just after nine. Turn all the way up. Or till some really suck. Straight to the dance floor. Or totally ignore. Top of your playlist. Or will never be missed. Right now. Choose the music on Cork's 96 FM for the chance to win 1,000 euro. 1,000 euro. Boom, 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 boom like that. Have your say on the Munster Music Survey and the cash could be yours. Go to 96fm.ie right now. Click the survey link and tell us what you think. Right now. The Monster Music Survey. Do it today. And you could win 1,000 euro. Win 1,000 euro. Boom, 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 boom like that. See 96fm.ie. Okay, I have two new obsessions that I need to share with you. Impress No Glue Press-On Mannies and Impress Press-On Falsies Lashes. Trust me, these are getting ready game changers. Both require no glue, so there is no damage to your natural nails and lashes, no mess, and no annoying dry times. Just one step and you're done. Boom. Instant glam. Visit impressbeauty.com slash presson and use code PRESSON25 at checkout for 25% off Impress Manicure and Press-On Falsies.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.